This is the 20th season of Bass Talk Live. BTL is presented by Bass Cat Boats, Strike King Lures, Aftco, Pro Guide Batteries, Shoreline Boat and RV Repair, Spro, Gamakatsu, Big Bite Baits, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Beatdown Outdoors, and Sunline. BTL, coming at you! Good morning, and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live, where we are going to talk about bass fishing. We've had a good week of shows this week. Yesterday, first time he's made an appearance on BTL, Luke Duncan. Uh, A lot of good information about one of the top team series going on in the country right now, the ABT 100, and also the kickoff at the end of this month of, I think it's their fourth season already, the NPFL in Alabama. And then I kind of teased today's show something near very... Let's just start that sentence over. Something very near and dear to my heart. Boy, that's a tongue twister for early in the morning. But it is the AFCO Bass Boot Camp program that made a return for the 2024 season. I'll just bring in uh, Matt Florentino from AFCO right off the hopper to talk a little bit about what that was because that is basically how I got started in the, for lack of a better term, the AAA, the minor leagues was through the 2019 AFCO Bass Boot Camp season. California, 6.30 a.m. You look very bright and alert this morning, Matt. Thanks for jumping on BTL. Yeah, good morning, Panger. It's uh, still gray light, you know. I think uh, sun cracks at like 6.55, but uh, always stoked to get on BTL. Uh, are all your like kiddos good sleepers or are you still in the... Well, they're not, I mean, they're kiddos, but they're freaking grown now. You know, um, my oldest, How old are they? my oldest is, uh, 11, just turned 11. Oh yeah. Uh, for yeah. some reason I thought you had like younger, younger kids. No, man. And then, uh, my little guy, he's five. So, oh, okay. so he may be storming here at any point. Oh, that's fine. Any, uh, we have a BTL rule, children or pets. Not that I'm comparing children to pets, but children or pets that, yeah. that should that show up in the background have to make a btl appearance so yeah um, sure. there was an announcement that came down from afco uh at the end uh, last year actually that they were on the hunt for the next afco bass boot camp recruit and that warmed my heart because the last time you guys did that in 2019 yeah uh, where you paid the entry fees for an up-and-coming angler for the Bassmaster Opens, in my case, it was for the FLW Toyota Series, two divisions, made a return. Now, I was afraid that after five years of doing it, you just didn't like the program and I did something wrong. But <laughs> it's back. Talk a little bit about it being back. And then we are going to introduce every. Well, he's already been pretty much introduced when you have 18 top 10s in MLF and you win the All-American and get second in the Toyota Series and win a BFL and you're only 25 and you speak three languages. A lot of people know who you are. But... uh then we'll bring in Emil Wagner, this year's Bass Boot Camp recruit, and and talk to him. But talk a little bit about the program, the history, and why this is important to the AFCO brand. Yeah. Um, so boot camp. Yeah. Yeah, Banger. You had um, you had the opportunity to take the reins 2019. Um, it was a I would say for us back in 2018. I think when we were kind of first proactively trying mm-hmm. to get into the freshwater market. Um, this was one of our, uh, you know. I would say unique marketing campaigns that we, uh, you know, we layered in with everything else that we had activated, um, getting into the bass market. Um, but yeah, boot camp's a really cool deal. Uh, ultimately, um, yeah, you were the second to do it. Um, John Ziola, 
uh, was the first in 2018. Um, it's always really fun too. You know, we, we put the, uh, the, the boot camp. you know, um, you know, we're looking for a recruit out there a few months in advance. Um, you get a bunch of submissions from all sorts of anglers, uh, fishing in the opens and things. Well, now it's the opens. Mm -hmm. um, had to fish yeah, all nine of the Bassmaster Open EQs in 2024 to be eligible for it. And it paid, what, $18,000 entry fee for Correct. all of the recruits, plus clothing, plus all of the exposure and video. So people will be able to follow this journey just like they did mine. Is it the same concept where uh, uh, videos will be submitted and you'll be able to follow this recruit through as he attempts to make the Bassmaster Elite Series? Yep, that's that's exactly it. So same exact concept like we've done previously. Um, Emil will, you know, travel prep, um, practice the event itself, um, a little bit, you know, after the event, kind of be layered all into a video series this entire year on the AFCO, AFCO YouTube channel. Um, and especially with the opens and the, the, now as everything transitioned to the EQs, you know, nine events, um, it's things, things have changed in the last, you know, since 2018, 2018, yeah. not that they've so never been difficult or interesting, but they're on a whole new level. Um, so that's kind of the conversation we had of bringing it back this year, um, with all the focus on the opens, you know, and, and just so much more we're doing bass as well as a whole, um, felt like a great time to bring this back. Um, all right, here's what we got going on. Uh, we're going to bring Emil in and, talk a little bit about uh the afco bass boot camp i might even have some advice for him since i lived through it because i just remember after the first tournament i was like oh no this is gonna be an absolute well, disaster and everybody's gonna have to watch this dumpster fire because my first tournament did not go well in the in the toyota series but uh when we bring them in for those that are watching live this is for the live viewers only uh if you've noticed we've been running a it makes Wes Logan look like a badass, quite frankly. Uh, <laughs> AFCO uh, deck boot commercial. Uh, new to AFCO. You guys have been working on these things. I think I saw them like, what, three years ago first? And then they were in prototype. Then they, they're, But they're yeah. finally out. They're, they're available. Uh, we're going to have a meal on for the second half of the show. And if you guys have a question for Matt for a meal, he's a spotted bass guru. Matt, like I'm a spotted bass freak too. We talked a little I, bit beforehand. So we're going to go like deep into the world of spotted yeah. bass. And if you have a question for a meal at the end, I'll randomly select a question. You send me an email <clears throat> and you can win a pair of the new AFCO deck boots. Those things took forever to get out, get out on the market. They, they really did. You know, um, I snagged a pair. I, I listened to your show yesterday with Luke and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I gave away a pair without asking you. <laughs> yeah, like you typically do, but that's all good. Um, yeah, the boots have been something was in development for a shoot actually i have one of the first these were the first proto samples oh wow like three years ago um you know how we operate like you'll get some stuff sometimes at writers conference mm -hmm. that may not be out for a while um we had wanted to get into the footwear uh category um especially with boots um you know salt water fresh water doesn't doesn't really matter uh boots keeping your feet dry and comfortable are key um but we have we went we made our own custom last the sole um is all unique to AFCO. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, most of the boots that are out there, you know, they're all relatively similar. You know, they're a lot ankle cuts, kind of the, you know, what most people prefer, um, rubber all the way throughout. But to be honest, what really sets ours apart is the fit, fit on these. Um, nice, not too narrow, the right amount of support, but really the juice is in the boots themselves. It's these insoles um, that we put a lot of time into. Just kind of three zones. Um, there's a 
there's a low section in the front, high section in the back. It gives like that right amount, I would say, of um, it's not too soft. Your feet fall asleep, but also enough support, you know, just to keep you um, just have you comfortable throughout the whole day. Um, this. Yeah, this is really the juice in them. Um, you, uh, you can tell it's not just a yeah. piece of, you know, generic uh, insole. And I was a stickler for that. So. Yeah, give up actually bought the boots, I guess, and has them. And trust me, if Clay didn't like the boots, he'd let everybody know. So if That's you follow great. BTL, Clay doesn't mess around when it comes to his reviews, comments, and opinions. So a glowing review from Clay goes a long way. Awesome. Uh, all right, let's get a meal in here. This is a little bit of a challenge. So we're in three time zones. So you're in Orange County. Uh, L.A. County, actually. L.A. County. Okay, so a little bit north of Orange County. Yeah. We got some cool stuff coming. We're actually going to have your dad on the show here in a couple weeks for a guide day. I'm yeah, really pumped on that. On that. Uh, I want to learn about uh, punching kelp beds for calico bass. <laughs> and now that you're spending some time around here, like I've been telling you, we need to go do that. Oh, well, no, that's 100% of the to-do list. Yeah. So I'm in the central time zone in the thriving metropolis of Shawnee, Oklahoma. And Emil is in the eastern time zone in Georgia. Correct, Emil? Yes, sir. Thanks for jumping on BTL. First appearance on BTL. You've made the podcast rounds over the past year uh, after just an incredible last 24 months on the water. And then to cap it off, entry fees paid for Bass Boot Camp recruit for AFCO. You are uh, right now you're living high on the hog in the tournament world. It has to seem pretty easy for you and, and kind of surreal, especially after reading and, and hearing about some of your backstory. Oh, 100 percent. It's just. I'm just having fun and I'm super thankful for the AFCO opportunity. Obviously I haven't fished any of the opens yet, but uh, it's expensive. And I mean, it's not just the entry fees. There's a lot of travel and everything else. So having those paid for is going to be a massive help and I'm super grateful and I'm excited to be on the show, dude. I've, I've been watching this for forever. So this is pretty sweet. Yeah. And I'm excited to have you on. Like I said, after this segment, we're going to kick, florentino off because do you, do you, are you a spotted bass expert matt you're welcome to stick around if you're a spotted bass expert but we're gonna no, take man. a deep dive i mean i that's one you know a lot of people think um being from california that i i'm just next door to you know some of those uh big spotty uh spotted spotted bass you know factories mm -hmm. up north i'm sure you guys seen some of the records broken years past with paul bailey and um, a few other people. cody meyer cody meyer yeah um but that's like 16 hours north of me um, I've never caught a spot myself, but oh. I would love to. And I've seen Emil, the, fish. the man up. Emil. <laughs> I told him already. get him a yep. plane and, uh, ticket to Atlanta, pick him up, take him out on Lanier and blow his mind. Literally and, uh, anytime. That's what I told him. All and, and I do have to say, you know, we, we sent the press release out as far as announcing, um, Emil as the winner. I got some really funny responses from different media industry folks. I'm very happy that Emil's not going to be around town been parts of this year um he has a pretty good uh reputation around around this neck of the woods for uh owning lanier so he does there it is the press <laughs> release went out emil wagner the boot camp recruit you can watch the video too on youtube but matt talk a little bit about what you were looking for in a recruit uh to represent afco in 2024 uh as far as not only on the water but then off the water and then kind of representing the brand of afco and what it stands for as well yeah, 100%. Um, so, you know, like we got, like I mentioned, we get a bunch of submissions um, when we do these from, um, you know, different types of anglers from all over the country, all, you know, trying to chase their dreams, you know, fish in the opens, uh, hopefully get in a, a spot on the elites. And, um, you know, it was, it was actually really tough to make a decision this year. Um, but having somebody like Emil put a submission, um, you know, one, the video was was great, a little bit more about himself. Um, 
kind of his track record, you know, obviously a very impressive resume um, at a really young age, um, you know, despite never fishing an open, um, you know, it, it was tough, but also kind of made it easy. Just, uh, you know, kind of kind of him as an angler and also him just as a person, um, you know, you, you got to be the right, you know, nice, you know, meals is, is kind of funny. He's like talking with him, the team, you know, is just pretty chill, pretty level headed. And especially when you put a camera in front of your face and doing that through the whole year, it's, it's not an easy gig. And I'm sure you can kind of um, attest to that panger. Um, but uh, just being able to kind of keep your composure and just, you know, and yeah. also just figure out talking to this little box and things throughout the year. Um, it's not an easy deal, but um, uh, when we got a meal submission um, and also just, you know, we, we do a little vetting behind the scenes too. Um, a lot, lot of good uh, commentary from good friends and things in the industry. Um, so it kind of made it easy to, to go that direction. And we're looking forward to um, seeing a meal. Um, you know, just get after it this year. Thank you. Right, Emil, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Your initial thoughts when you found out that you had been selected as the AFCO Bass Boot Camp recruit, like I said, a lot of accolades uh, over the past year, you're actually getting ready for uh, Red Crest in yeah. a couple months due to your All-American win last year. But uh, talk about kind of your decision to uh, jump into all nine of the Bassmaster Open EQs and what getting that call, knowing as a full-time guide who's just out of, of college uh, that that $18,000 in entry fees and all the gear is, is covered in something that you don't have to worry about. Yeah. So I guess there was two questions there, but the first one, uh, dude, it was just, I mean, and you know, as well as anyone, how expensive it all is, but it's like, especially coming out of college and guiding, it's like, you, I'm trying to get a house, like, you're starting to pay for stuff you never had to pay for before. Like it's just everything starts racking up. Like you're buying trucks and boats and you know, just everything. Like it's the most expensive sport ever. And then on top of that, like, I mean, I don't think there's any hiding the fact that the opens aren't the most profitable tournament trail out there. So I was, I was leaving somewhere. I'd had a really good year, you know, financially and then go into something where you potentially have, two, three, four years of making little to no money. So having that, like you said, weight off my shoulders and being able to just focus a hundred percent on the fishing and obviously filming and editing a little bit is, uh, it's huge. And like I, I told Matt when we first talked to, like I've, I've been wearing AFCO since I was in freaking fishing high school tournaments. So like, I, I love the brand already. And like, to be able to partner with y'all is freaking awesome. Like I, I told all my buddies, like when the submission came out, I was like, this would be freaking it to win. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just stoked and thankful. Are we going, Matt, are we going like full boat wrap on Emil's rig here? Or what are we doing as far as, uh, kind of some branding wise, or is he just going to be decked out in all the AFCO stuff? Yeah, he'll be decked out in AFCO predominantly. He has his own, um, wrap and his own, um, you okay. know, kind of Jersey that yeah. he has going on. Yeah. He got placements though, um, on okay. the wrap and Jersey. Yeah. All right. Um, and then as far as content for what the listeners and viewers can expect, uh, just kind of talk about what's going to be coming down the pipeline when it is, what type of, what type of media is going to come out of this? Yeah. So, um, you know, Emil will be filming, um, you know, throughout the whole year, more or less, uh, and opens EQs, um, kind of as he sees fit, you know, um, pre prep practice, uh, the tournament, um, post event, kind of all those different type of things um throughout throughout the year we'll try to capture that the best we can um and some part two like actually i was 
chat with Emil, just some stuff on the road, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, we had some of the other finalists, uh, that were part of bootcamp, um, you know, I reached out to some of them just to thank them for their submissions. And turns out, uh, I think a couple of them will be rooming with you, Emil. So it'd be kind of a, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, we actually got oh, a yeah. little, no, I got some texts from some of them. Yeah. 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 So, um, I reached out to, uh, a, a couple of the, the guys we had as finalists, um, and, uh, which I, you know, I'll name them actually Garrett Warren. Um, he was one of the, we had as a finalist, really great kid. Um, he'll be fishing the opens this year. sounds like you guys are rooming a couple events. Um, and also yep. Andrew Loberg, um, uh, he, uh, he'll be fishing the opens as well. Um, and it sounds like you guys might be rooming a little bit as well. So, um, wait, yeah. you're rooming with Andrew Loberg, uh, for a couple of them. I know like, oh we're, my we're gosh. Watch yeah. Sorry, on. Panger. <laughs> yeah. I literally, so I, so we're in Florida next week and I recorded pre-recorded some shows. Right? right. So I've got some shows that are running next week and Clark Ream and I did like a blow by blow breakdown of the opens for next season, every single event. And then we went through the field and we were like, all right, here are the, you know, the nine guys with Milliken being the oldest at like 32 and then old man, John Garrett at 28 and the rest of these kids. And we were like, okay, everyone's to say, okay, we got the young talented live scope set. And that, and then you, and now you're ruined with Andrew Loberg, who's been a West Coast phenom with a bunch of other wins. There's two more 25 year old guys that are coming up that are going to be just ridiculously more tough. Than that too. There's, I know there's that's what we were of, saying. Yeah, and then yeah, you're all like, working together too. It's like a repeat of what happened last year. Ah, uh, kind of. I mean, I don't really <laughs> like we talk. Like I don't really. I don't know. I guess we talk, but like not really anything crazy. Like I know, but you get the, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's fantastic. I'm happy for you guys. It's just, it, it, it ups the ante a little bit. Yeah. No, a fair, little fair bit enough. Buffer. So all that, uh, Matt, all that content will then live on the, uh, AFCO, which for those who don't know, because yeah. when I first like got with AFCO, I saw like the fish and the AFCO and I was like, what the heck is that? I think I wasn't sure. And it stands for American fishing tackle company. We did a show, uh, last year earlier this yeah it was last year because it was january with casey shed uh the shed family who owns it he came on talked a little bit about that uh he was going to come on this morning but this is uh prime surfing time every morning for casey and he likes to he likes to get down i think he does what knee boarding and belly boarding is he able to get up yet on the on the board or is he still working on that part matt uh is that case or his son? yeah casey can casey oh, get up he can casey. stand up on the surfboard Casey's pretty capable on a surfboard. That, for that's sure. a joke. He actually, I was about to say, me, Oof. he yeah. actually took me surfing at. Do I saw Dope you belly boarding though. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. You would have feel like a complete loser. Go, go surfing with Casey to where he's like, Hey, Hey Panger, just grab onto my board and I'll paddle you out. And I was like eating surf going, no, I'll paddle out myself. And he's, he's on the surfboard with his kid on the front of the surfboard, just carving it up. Like Kelly Slater's blew my mind. Anyway, uh, so this will all live on the AFCO website. There it is right there. Yeah. Got to be on and, the AFCO YouTube channel. Yeah. So if you guys want to go back and review it, so there it is, 2019 AFCO Bass Boot Camp Recruit. It goes through like my videos, and then it has a, a playlist of all the videos uh, that I did throughout the entire season. So, God, I look like young and so full of hope there, Matt. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, anything else? pertinent to this that uh that we need to keep oh there's a dog in the background can we show that oh, dog yeah he just woke up oh look at that roger say what's up bud <laughs> that's raj 
He's like, what are we doing right now? That'll work. Anything else, Matt? No, man. Um, stoked for uh, Bass Bootcamp this year. Um, and for y'all to, you know, see Emil on another side of, you know, kind of behind the scenes of the Opens. Um, I'm looking forward to it myself, so. Now, is this something that is going to be an annual? Like I said, we did Johnny and then me in 18 and 19. Is this something behind the scenes that you guys are are kind of planning right now to be an annual uh thing for up and coming anglers yeah as of right now i mean something we're hoping to kind of kind of keep rolling through um but we'll yeah we'll play it by ear but uh especially with things going with the opens um it's i expect this to be a good year and we'll probably keep this rolling so um oh what, one other thing panger um we, we do have a contingency program um through best on tour i did want to make a mention of that um we actually we're going to send an email blast out and a, a a PR release, but we extended the uh, sign up for the contingency program up until um, the first day of the event. Um, so I think you plugged out a while back, uh, but I do want to make that mention. Yeah. If you are a opens EQ angler, and I know there's a lot that listen to BTL and you're fishing all nine events, you can sign up for uh, both AFCO and I believe Sunline. Sunline, yeah. And it is for AFCO. If you wear AFCO, you sign up for the uh, contingency program. It is 100% free. There's no strings attached. The highest finishing registered AFCO angler in each Bassmaster Open, $1,000 headed your way. So that's a potential for $9,000. Yeah. Uh, I need to get that link then. If you have that link after the show, send it to me. I'll throw it in the description of the show. Yeah, I'll text you. But it's only for the nine EQ anglers. So it's really a hundred and yeah, 160 people who could uh, sign up. All right, one more thing, Matt, and then we'll let you go. We'll take our first break of the show. And then when we come back, we'll talk fishing with Emil. Uh, I always call you before I put an AFCO order in and I say, hey, what's new? What should I be on the lookout for? And you always hook me up with the right, with the right stuff. I've never once ordered something that you recommended that wasn't killer so what do we got coming down the pipeline at afco as we have well it's just getting winter in some areas and then going into the spring in some other areas yeah i mean honestly um the boots i grab a pair of these if you don't already have them i highly recommend them obviously very biased but they're pretty dang comfy um some some other sleepers and i always like to say like a lot of you uh, the pros on the team some you guys kind of gravitate to certain products, but we also have some other things that um, kind of, you know, get overshadowed by the Reapers and the rain suits. Um, but we have a new layering system. Um, I'm sorry, layering. Um, yeah, layering. Um, F1. It's There's an F1 base layer, and we yeah, also I had an F2 it. mid layer. Uh, especially with some of this cold weather we, we've had. Um, it's like a true Nexus skin base layer. Um, has that hexatron fleece that a lot of anglers really liked with the older hexatron shirts. But yeah, more of I did a thinner, like yeah, but it's in a thinner, you know, like next to skin, um, a layering piece. It's in the top and also in the bottom. Um, so, so you that kind of start, goes under the hydro. Yeah. Talk about yep. that layer. Yeah. So you start with that F1. Um, you know, it's kind of your first base layer. Um, I've been wearing them a bunch lately and they're, they're, they're great. Um, especially the cold weather we've had. Uh, start that with your F1. If it's, you know, you usually get by. And again, I'm in California, so it's not too bad of like, you know, you guys in Oklahoma or what have you. Um, but I'll start with that base layer and then I'll kind of, you know, put on my honcho pants and then say my Reaper and then my, uh, my foul weather gear and my bibs and my jacket. Um, you take it to the next level. We have an, you combine the F1 
base layer with the F2 mid layer. I think those are the pants. They're kind of like more technical sweatpants, I would okay. like to call them. Um, you combine those plus your bibs, you know, and everything else, you're, you're pretty dang comfy and warm. Um, and you, you, we now have that like true uh, base mid um, and then shell um, and insulating layers um, for true cold weather. Uh, and I would say that would be the deal as far as that just next level of comfort without being super bulky, um, especially this time of the year. I like it. All right, Matt, thanks for jumping yep. on. Thanks for getting up early. Greatly appreciated. Uh, Matt Florentino, what is your actual title? I know you run like the pro staff and do a ton of marketing and everything, but like if I was to put like a title in this show, like what do you, what is, what is, what would that be? Yeah. Um, I'm the marketing director technically, but you know, like everybody else at AFCO, we all kind of do a bunch of different hats, but um, yeah, I'm the, I'm the marketing director. Marketing director for AFCO, Matt Florentino. Thanks for jumping on BTL. Thank you guys. Thanks, Matt. See ya. All right. See ya. Talk soon. All right. You ready to get down to business, Emil? Yeah, for sure. Right. <laughs> we're gonna take we're gonna take our first break of the show. When we come back, get your questions in to Spotted Bass Expert, full time guide. We're talking Hartwell, we're talking Lanier, Kiwi, like all the spotted bass stuff on the East Coast. And 2024 AFCO Bass Boot Camp recruit Emil Wagner. And at the end of the show, I'll randomly select one of the questions. I might even put it on a meal. If there was a really good question, I'll make a star by it. And then you send me my contact information. You'll get a pair of the new AFCO deck boots. It's BTL on a Wednesday. We'll be back right after this. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler, design, function, and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised, and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry leading design coupled with tournament winning performance. The Puma STS from Basscat. Feel the rush. Pro Daryl Gleason here. My Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice, never fail. The best part about Pro Guide batteries, it's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years' experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com. Have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig? The type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision making process. No matter if you prefer one, two, or three graphs up front, Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable, versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. 
What's your ultimate electronic setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting BeatdownOutdoors.com. All right, welcome back. BTL on a Wednesday. Talking with Emil Wagner. You're in Georgia, right? Yes. Uh, quite Marietta, frankly, right outside Atlanta. I am. Uh, I'm embarrassed. I haven't had you on the show yet because of what you've accomplished over there at MLF. There's like certain guys that you know about that you want to have on the show, and that it just doesn't happen just because of time. Oh, dude, travel well, yeah, you got on. so many people you can have on. I don't even know how you sift through it and think about. Yeah, it. Yeah. Well, you won the All American though, and the All American uh, is near and dear to my heart. One of the tournaments that uh, I would really like to participate in. And so much history with the All-American when you go back uh, to uh, Rick Clunt and Stephen Browning, Jeremy Lawyer, Shaw Grigsby, start naming the guys who have won that. And it puts you in some uh, Jacob Wheeler. And that puts you in some pretty elite company. Yeah, dude, I was more sad about I got seventh at our regional on Ufala in October. I missed six by two ounces, and I swear I was more sad about that than like any of the second places this year. I just wanted to go back. I was like, "That's freaking brutal." In twenty thirteen, I finished eighth in the regional and and missed the All American by a pound. And uh, it's not easy to make, dude. No, and I I still I mean that was a decade ago, but it's still uh, I still think about that a lot because I mean the All American was on the hit list. There was like Jim Tut was fishing that out of the Rice Krispies boat. Todd Castledine was in that top 10. Uh, uh, Jeff Reynolds was in that top 10. Justin Phillips, like it was crazy. I remember looking around going, what? I mean, like a little ZX 190 10 years ago, like making a run. I'm like, what the heck am I doing here? Like, but no, uh, a heck of an accomplishment. Thank uh, you. But Thank you. so what is your uh, what is your level of like expertise as far as filming, documenting, editing, getting this stuff done? Like, what's your game plan for this? Because that when I did it in 2019 was what made me the most nervous was trying to get this content done and make it not affect my fishing. So two things. A, I feel like I'm pretty decent at it although i don't have any videos from like the tournaments the last two years i took the stance of just like i'm not going to focus on filming not going to focus on a sponsor stuff i'm strictly going to put like every ounce of effort i have into just the tournaments and fishing and prepping and recently i've done more of it i actually edited a decent bit in a high school so like i can do it it's not necessarily like maybe not like super high level stuff but like basic stuff i can do it it's just i just the last two years, I haven't really focused on it, but I'm definitely not going to stress and worry about it, though, because that was one thing I told myself. I was like, I'm going to film. I'm going to do the best I can to get all the footage. But if something goes wrong or like, you know, I miss a clip or whatever, like I'm I'm going to do my best to not let it take away from my fishing at all either. So, I'm you know, I've got a bunch of battery packs, a crap ton of 256 gigabyte SD cards and I'm just going to let that thing roll and worry about the editing after the event when, you know, I have a day or two at the house and whatnot. So I'm not, I'm not worried about it, but you know, it'll, it'll be all right. It'll be fine. Are you a, are you a guy who wears like that new, like a uh, ring thing around their neck with the GoPro, a chesty guy or a, a console guy? Cause I've never been able to get comfortable with, with anything on the torso yep. area while I fish. I've always just done the console, but then like after listening to a couple different people who like do YouTube successfully, it seems like the ass shot really isn't that popular. So <laughs> I 
started doing the chest mount here recently and the footage looks freaking badass compared to some of you know the other mounts so like i'm gonna i don't know i'm only i've only got one gopro right now so like i think i'm gonna do like i might do like you know like a console angle in the morning maybe running and then flip it around for a little and then throw the chest mount on an hour in or maybe just start with the chest mount because i feel like the chest mount you know you don't get as much like full picture perspective Mm -hmm. but it just looks I don't know. I feel like it's way more like immersive. Like you, you see what's going on better. Whereas that console, like a lot of times you don't like see a blow up up close and you don't like the chest mount. Like you feel the hook set. Like you, I don't know. I like it. I'm with you. So I did wear uh, one, something that a lot of the guys are going to, which is like, it's like this ring that goes around your neck and then it's got like a, a clasp and then the GoPro actually sits here. Uh, you need to look into that. I'll see if I can find it. Yeah, Yeah, because it gives good audio then. Like you have really good audio, especially when it's wind, but then you can pop it off and put it back on and your battery lasts an hour and you just have like 12 batteries right there. That's what a lot of the uh, uh, Elite Series guys are going with instead of like the actual uh, chest mount that's that's hooked up. But uh, what I did was, yeah, you need to get with Matt. Maybe he can hook you up with a little budget to get a couple extra GoPros because the biggest key to me and I got lucky in 19 was all the crazy stuff happens at the most stressful times towards the end of the day when you're most likely to say, screw it. It stopped working. I need one more with 20 minutes left. Right. But that's when, if you get it, it goes like, that's where it goes viral. That's where the, the juice is. So what I would did was I had uh three, I had one that was like that I would hold and talk to myself and I'm not saying I'm like a guru at this or anything, but then I would have one on yeah. the console. I would have one brand new fresh card, everything ready to roll. And I just throw it in my, my box. And if the one on the console went down, I just pop it and switch it out. That way I wasn't dealing with SD cards. I wasn't dealing with batteries and I had it hardwired into the Basscat so it would run for eight hours straight. And nice. there were several times where it would, you know, you'd make a long run where you're just full out, getting to a spot, something jarred, something happened. It went down and two seconds later, boom, I was back in business. And then you catch one in the last five minutes and go nuts. And you're like, holy cow, I actually got that. So just no, a couple. That's, that's a good point. I'm 100% going to get a second one. Like that's that's no doubt. But uh, I figured if you have two, like two or three battery packs and like one will last for more than a day and a fresh 256 gigabyte SD card yeah. on your main camera, like you'd think other than overheating. Now I say that I know stuff just breaks when you least expect. Yeah, so I ran. I run it without a battery. I run it hardwired into the boat without a battery with a ten foot cord into the cigarette or not the cigarette, but the USB. Uh, Do you have a USB? Yeah. See, I was thinking about doing that, but my last two boats, those things have gone out from getting wet in like two months. So, oh, I mean, I'll try it, but. But that's, yeah, I have I have the USB thing, so I'll, that's a good idea. I may do that, but then like the chest mount, obviously you need. Yeah. A uh, yeah, I don't know. I got to figure that out. I was thinking about <laughs> doing like a Yolo Tech mount or something too, but that's like so far out. But my first episodes, so I did like Amistad, January Toyota series in nineteen. Get a flat tire on the way there in the middle of the desert. Uh, miss a day of practice, not on anything, go out and catch two, like one, two fish for two pounds total. Cause it is 
They were skinny on day one. Goose egged on day two. And my co-angler was throwing a Alabama rig where you could only have three hooks, obviously. So he took a hog farmer, spread it out like a like a Japanese fan. Like, you know how like the Japanese fit? So there's no like bulk. It's like literally like like a uh right no, I get exactly what you're yeah just left the two end ones just nothing just dangling swivels and had like three for 11 behind me Jeez, <laughs> on it. and then that's i came a, out that's a co-angler classic right there and then i came out with a three i had to come out with a three-part video series my first afco boot bass boot camp videos was me just getting absolutely obliterated by my co-angler Missing a day of practice and catching two for two pounds in two days on Lake Amistad when 90% of the field caught a limit. Fortunately, it went a little bit better than that the rest of the year, but I was a nervous. I wreck. hope I don't start like that. So don't put any of that juju on me. But no, no, yeah. no. It, it ended up really good. I mean, I topped <laughs> no, end. I almost won the Toyota series. Like yeah, I think I've seen the them. filming. No, they were good videos. The filming I helped, I thought, because it allowed me to slow down, to talk to the camera to yeah. get my thoughts together. And I said, if you listen to BTL, I, I have a tendency to have some racing thoughts there, Emil. Uh, and it, it kind of gave me a set down and kind of a reset. So, uh, yeah, no, for sure. I'm, I'm right there with you. I, you know, I, I run around, like I practice like daylight to dark and freaking like just hammer down the whole time. So maybe it'll help me just take a mental reset throughout the day too. At least in practice, probably won't do too much talking in the tournament. I don't think, but I don't know. It'll that's be good. Just, I'm excited. That's just an individual, individual deal. You obviously have the fishing thing uh, figured out. Uh, we touched on it earlier, but just talk about the overall success that you've had the past two years. Has it seemed like a whirlwind? Is it something that you expected uh, coming out of Ole Miss? Yeah. No, it's just, dude, I don't know. Stuff just started clicking really good. Like, I, we fished all four years of high school, uh, me and my buddy. I actually had, like, some really good – good years in high school like won my first ever tournament on Hartwell in high school like just really enjoyed it I like, got to go all over Georgia like learned a ton and uh neither of our dads like bass fish or anything even knew how to drive a bass boat so like we were just figuring it out and yeah went to Ole Miss kind of thought they had a better fishing program than they did before <laughs> I went but it's one of those like SEC things where the teams kind of like go in waves you know what I mean so mm -hmm. like when I got there like all the guys who had done stuff were graduating and literally like you're gonna think this is a joke like I was the only one on the team who like I thought like actually you know what I'm saying like took it like really seriously like you had kids who like wanted to just yeah I'll go to a tournament or like they fished but they didn't like really tournament fish so I didn't even do it the first two years at all and then um junior year my buddy Jacob he went there as a freshman and like he was legit like all into it and uh we fished two tournaments like had a really good start for the college bass stuff we were leading team of the year and then uh he had to transfer and they wouldn't let me get another partner obviously because team of the year has to be with that partner so i kind of got burned out on that just doing it one year i finished it out by myself uh i, think I got like third or something like that but um and then senior year we just fished one to get to the national championship. But we, like I said, I really didn't fish a bunch of college stuff. I would just go home like every weekend, every other weekend and just fish around the house for fun and fish local stuff. And then coming out of college, I actually had a job with 
pure fishing in a digital marketing, believe it or not, for a, like half a year, close to a year maybe. And uh, that was like laptop work and love all those guys, like enjoyed it, but it was not for me. Like I, I've got like bad ADD, so I could not be cooped up in a room for that long. And I'd been wanting to guide. It always had been on my mind. So I just said, screw it and gave it a shot. And I kind of kicked, like I announced it like right after I had won a handful of local tournaments in a row. So it kicked off like right off the rip. And dude, I've been doing it for two years now. And like, my biggest worry was not being able to fill a schedule, but, uh, it's like, I do it full time. Like five days a week, four or five days a week. And, uh, usually leave the weekends open for a tournament, but it's been great. I, I guess you asked about the tournaments, so I didn't even talk about that. No, it's all good. You just talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about. Yeah. Right? But, uh, but no, and then, and then obviously doing guiding, like the, another big reason I wanted to do it was so I could fish whatever I wanted to fish and come home for, two weeks guide or as much as I wanted to, and then get back on the road. But yeah, I guess dude, this was 2022 was like an incredible BFL year, obviously. Um, you know, I, I went to two regionals, uh, got second and, uh, what I get another one fourth or something, but mm-hmm. I got lucky too. They were both on Herring lakes. I mean, one was on Murray, one was on Smith. Smith might be my favorite tournament lake other than Hartwell, but got lucky there i mean just dude just like fishing good making good decisions like you know how it is like you get on a roll and it just it just eh, feels not, good and not really to your level but yeah i mean i i, I i've had brief moments of that <laughs> you, well, you live know. it every day emil <laughs> i don't know but then like 2023 i was like I, I made enough money in the bfl stuff to do the toyotas and i fully expected it to just be like learning and not yeah. making any money and like Dude, it just, it just, I don't, like, I didn't, I thought I was going to be, like, all geeked out about, like, fishing against certain people, and, like, the first one on Harris Chain, like, not, like, it felt just like anything else, and, like, dude, I was just super comfortable, and just a heck of a time, dude, learned a bunch, like, it's, I, I will say most of those tournaments were within about four hours of the house, so this year it's going to be a lot more like legit new water. Like not like you can go to a new TVA lake, but it's still TVA. You can go to a new herring lake and it's still herring stuff. But like 20 or this year is going to be, I mean, I've been to two of those lakes, so not worried, but I mean, it's going to be, I'm happy I get five days of practice because that's a lot and I'm probably going to need it. So, uh, kind of, I wouldn't say lost in all this by any means, but I mean, you're fishing red crest. Yeah, yeah, dude. And I, Redcrest yeah, is on Lay Lake, that. and Lay Lake has spotted bass in it. Yeah, yeah, dude. I I like forget that's even gonna happen until someone will bring it up because I just get so busy guiding and everything else. Like you just focus on the next day. But yeah, I'm I'm fired up for that. After after uh, what would it be? Yeah, Okeechobee. Once we get back, I got like two days or something, and then I'm gonna go to Redcrest to pre-fish for no, uh, Santee Cooper. Uh, you go yeah, Okeechobee, well, no, no, Washita. No, no, no. After Santee, I go to the tournament, but they have the the um, the practice cutoff. Oh, gonna so you're going to go after the yeah. practice cutoff in between Okeechobee and Washita, which is like five days. Yeah, no, I'm going to finish Okeechobee, go practice for three days on lay, and then go straight to Washita pretty much. And then, yeah, it'll be off. I think it goes off limits the 9th or 10th of February, mm-hmm. so... I'm gonna go get a few days in over there, 
So that'll be fun. But yeah, I'm excited. I don't, I don't know anything about the place. I can't hear anything, obviously, but uh, I'm just, I just take them as they come. Like there's so many tournaments, dude. It's like, especially like I'm telling you, especially guiding, like I fish like 300 days a year. So I don't even like, I do, I pretty much, I do Google maps for like a lot of my like pre-tournament research or Google earth. But uh, other than that, like I don't really call people or do mm -hmm. too much research. I just kind of, do my own thing what do you like so much about spotted bass and why do you think you're so good at catching them dude i don't they're they're aggressive if you're gonna catch them you catch them quick and you don't have to sit on them very long like even if you have a school of 100 you're probably gonna catch two or three and then my style like i won't i'm not saying you can't like especially in the winter like you can find them loaded up in like a creek ditch or something and probably sit there all day and squeak some out but my favorite way to fish is to run and gun and do you just even in the dead of winter you can do it like you're fishing slow but you still fish really fast and that's kind of my style but i feel like growing up too like some of the pros who you know gave it a shot on tour around here like there was always this thing like oh if you're a herring guy like you're not gonna make it you know on a national tour but you can 100% take that run-and-gun high-percentage mentality almost everywhere you go with the exception of, like, Florida. But even there, you can do it on Harris Chain. Like, Okeechobee, you can't do it. You, I mean, if I pull my trolling motor even three times, I'll probably be in, like, a hundredth. So I'll just have to fish on that one. But it's – dude, I don't know. I just, I just love catching them. All right, your top five spotted bass fisheries – that are uh, in your your neck of the woods because i know there's a bunch of them and they're similar yeah. but also different right so like there's herring fisheries and then you're saying strictly spot fisheries so that would have to be i mean lanier's number one a hundred percent like if you're just talking spotted bass it's in terms of just like three to five pounders it has to be the best in the country like i'm sure you've seen the local weights like the last one i had 20 and got like seventh like it's <laughs> insane i'm serious like it's uh, and it just keeps getting better every year and even with all that pressure and and publicity oh, yeah. and national tournaments yeah. there they're still and that's the thing Lanier you'll go to Charleston Park where I launch out of normally on a Tuesday and there will be twenty boats on a nice day thirty boats like it gets fished a lot and uh, but no Lanier would be number one and we're I, this is I'm having to not think of it in terms of tournament fisheries because I would say Smith but in reality that's not really that great of a lake it's just a good tournament lake but i would go hartwell is number two i know you love that place too i mean it's they bite better over there than lanier i think they're easier to catch but they're not as big but you catch the numbers are better and the lake spreads out better you can have, you can you can find more water to yourself there and like i said they just bite better so hartwell would be three dude two. kiwi I don't know if you have Kiwi, Lanier and Hartwell. Yeah, yeah, Hartwell would be two. I'm not going to put Kiwi as three. It's going to be somewhere in there. Um, there's some I can't do. There's one that's really small. I can't drop that Okay, one. we'll put Lake X. Yeah, Lake X will be number three, but it's insane. I mean, if you're from Georgia, you probably know what I'm talking okay. about. I'll put another one in there that's kind of an X, but it's in like I've, I haven't been there a bunch, but do Lake Jacassi. I've heard of that. Lake Kiwi has freaking monster spots and they bite and it's got big small mouth. I mean, there was a, there was an eight something caught out of there uh, in 2023 on live bait, but 
there's been sixes and sevens caught by people out of bass boats, you know, just fishing like a, any of us would. And uh, that's that's a major sleeper. And then I put Kiwi as five because you can go there and literally catch a hundred in a day. Like I'm not, they might weigh 15 pounds, but in terms of just fun and catching them, that place is insane. But Lanier is by far number one. All right, let's get to a couple questions here. Remember, uh, I've started some questions here. If you have a question, it could be about uh, life, anything, uh, pr- preferably spotted bass, uh, for a meal, get it, get onto it. And then at the end, uh, I'll go back through and we'll take one of the questions. Brandon uh, Brandon says that uh, a meal I'm going to Lanier for the first time this weekend. Uh well, he wants you to just like give up all the goods, which isn't going to happen. He said, what's a juice technique that you've been implementing in the past year, but just give us some guidelines yeah. for this week. No, I mean, on this, I mean, it's no, you know, new juice or anything, but I used to just throw like a ball head with like a 2.8 or like a 3.3 inch swim bait a lot. And I mm-hmm. still do, but this year the Demiki rig seems to have been a lot more effective. And like I had a trip yesterday, as soon as we're done here, I'm leaving for a trip. So we've been catching the mo- most of the numbers on a Demiki and a shaky head and a, you know, like a finesse football jig. And if not that dude, dirt shallow is where a lot of those giant ones come from. Like I'm talking less than five foot. So like, that's where, you know, we, I had one of my biggest bags I've weighed in a, in a tournament on linear here recently, we had 23 and a half and they all came in less than five foot of water so you can catch some really really big ones up on the bank on like little isolated rock stuff and whatnot uh use google earth to your advantage i'll say that much but up there you know if you get wind go crank and uh if it's dead calm like nico rig shaky heads like any whatever your favorite light finesse bottom bait is up there you can catch some freaking freaks you don't always get a lot of bites but there's some big ones up there uh, let me know when you have to go. I know I told you we'd be right at an hour. I don't want you to be late, oh, late no, to good. the lake. So whenever yeah, you we'll got to go. I do. I could be on here forever, but I do have to take yeah. this guy. So I'll, we'll probably yeah. do it at about an hour. Yep. Okay. Uh, so let's hammer through some more of these. Uh, how is a meal so consistent in lakes with pelagic fish, like blueback herring chasers, Lanier, Hartwell, et cetera? That's a good question. I start that one. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, I think you see like I've been fishing Lanier since I was like 12 out of a kayak. So over time, you just see things happen over and over and over. And I think you just recognize stuff. Like even like in a summer tournament, like everyone knows like, yeah, you go throw topwaters and swim baits and flukes over schools of fish and brush piles and whatever. Like that's no secret, but it's like, it's all the micro adjustments you make throughout the day. I think that make the difference. So it's like, I guess you're saying every herring lake, but it's like you can, all those micro adjustments pretty much apply everywhere you go. And that's like the sun dipping behind the clouds for 10 minutes and making a color adjustment or the wind hitting on, you know, a third of the section of the South end and you go run your best stuff when the wind hits that like certain third of the lake and just like little things like that throughout the day make a huge difference. But also like, Dude, on herring lakes, like you have to put in the summer and fall and like herring spawn, like you got to put a ton of like time and graphing in during practice. Like, dude, for the All American, I went over there before the cutoff 
And literally between pre-practice and tournament practice, I graphed every inch of Hartwell below the two bridges and like a third of the Tugaloo. Like I'm talking not the, just the points and the humps, like every flat bank, like dude, like places someone would drop a floater. Like I'm talking about everything. And you find stuff that's like natural places they sit that isn't brushed, like I don't know, I'm giving away a lot now, but there's like... I, I'm smiling. I can't like legit smiling on this stuff. This is gold, man. Yeah, but like you got to put your freaking work in. Like it's it's not easy. And like I said, it's high percentage. Like you got to know what you're looking for. And typically you got to find a lot of it. Yeah, if you guys want to catch Pelagic Spotted Bass, take the last four and a half minutes and then just listen to that on repeat. You just give everyone the playbook. That nah, kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there, I mean, there's a little bit of trick up your sleeve. Yeah, but again, it's, it's like you got to learn all those adjustments and you have to learn like timing's huge. Like, dude, there's so many things. Yeah. But and it's like you have to like that's why I like it so much. It's like you have like a million different things and you have to do them all right throughout the day. And it's like you can kind of like it's not even I'll put it this way. Like a lot of tournaments, you have like a place you have to like start like you have to be there. <clears throat> you don't have to worry about that on a hair. You can pull up to one of your 100 or whatever. And then usually by the end of the first day, and like if it's a multi-day event, by the end of the tournament, you're usually super dialed into like the 10, 20 places they're really on. But, you know, I guess that's pretty much it. But uh, Nick would like to know how does cold affect the spotted bass bite? And how would you go about getting bites when it's exceptionally cold? I guess kind of like it is now. Any specific baits that work good for spots when it's exceptionally cold out? So right now we have some of the lowest water temp I've seen fishing out. It's like 45, 46. And I've seen it down there before, but it's like the last couple winters I haven't seen it. But they're more aggressive than you think, even when it's that cold. Like they'll freaking shoot off the bottom for a Demiki in 70 foot of water. And uh, but now I guess, I mean, obviously you're not going to catch them on like the fun stuff, but winter time's like my least favorite time to fish a tournament because everyone like catches them and it's just like it's really not rocket science but like when it's super cold you can pretty much put like a finesse swim bait on a shaky head and a jig and that's just about all you need and after that it's just about finding them and like they're they're really hard to see like some of the ones we caught yesterday like one of them died i felt really bad it was like a four pounder we caught out of almost 70 foot and it had mud on its belly like a thousand per, like and you can't see them on scope or anything a lot of the time you just have to like know where they sit and then you drop something down there and all of a sudden the whole bottom lights up so are there any similarities between fishing for spots in your area this is a blake uh question and fishing for largemouth in the south like texas oklahoma florida any similarities um, or is it like just Totally yeah, in different. terms of like like you follow Alabama, I'll compare it to that because that's one of my favorite lakes. That's not like a it's got spots in it, but it's not a spot lake, obviously. But I mean, you can get them to react out of brush and like you know they sit on hard spots and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I guess there's really not. I mean, they're both bass. Yeah, <laughs> they both suspend on stuff. But no, I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's not. You can fish for them kind of similar, but you gotta, like I said, you can still do that high percentage run and gun thing, but you gotta adjust like baits, depths, you know, all that stuff, colors. Uh, Kyle wants to know what the biggest difference between targeting spots and smallmouth is. 
do like smallmouth, not I'm like not your, I'm not your smallmouth guy yet. I've been to Champlain and I've caught some smallmouth up here just randomly. And like Kiwi's got a few. I caught them there in high school, but dude, Not a I've guru not. I've yet. been to Cumberland once, but I'm not your smallmouth guy. I did notice on Champlain, they're they are a lot easier to catch, in my opinion. Like that's that's why you go to a smallmouth event and everyone's got twenty pounds. Like it's you pretty much see one. and throw like a flatworm or whatever at it and it it bites like you can't do that with spots but no i mean i don't know there's definitely an art to doing all that and it takes years to learn to you know because then there it's a game of catching 25 instead of 20 so there i'm sure it's like figuring out how to get the giant ones to bite but no, i'm not really your guy there they both suspend and swim a lot for sure Uh, Pete would like to know what angler your game is best aligned with, or do you really look up to anybody's style uh, of the two yeah. guys out there? Um, I've been asked, I, dude, I feel like me, I don't even know him really, but I feel like just watching like Patrick Walters, I feel like I fish pretty similar to him. Like I watched like some of it, like, I don't remember, I was guiding or something that day, but I like tuned into like the NPFL live when they were on Lanier and he was catching them like, I could just tell like he knew what was going on, like all his little casts and stuff. But like, I guess just, uh, you know, him or like, I've, I've always watched Polinick. Like he's one of my favorites, you know, just like high percentage, like, Mm-hmm. you know, running and gunning, like, you know, his, his favorite state isn't Florida. Like my favorite state isn't Florida for sure. But I don't know. I, I like, I like being able to, I want to pull up to something and know where I'm going to catch one. You know what I mean? So, Yep. A uh, couple more questions here. My boy, Zach, uh, he's a Lake Norman guy. He said, do you approach spotted bass differently on non-herring lakes uh, than you do on herring lakes? And what's the biggest difference to keep in mind? Is that Zach uh, Pringle? Pringle, yep. Yeah, dude, I stayed at his house for the region. So did I. Yeah, he's I know. got like the nicest pit bull on earth. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he said you stayed there too. That's funny. Yep. But, um, but no, I... No, like I caught um, in that regional we just had on Ufala, I was catching some, uh, trying to remember, they were mixed in there with the largemouth for the most part, but I mean, they suspend, I guess, like, I mean, okay, so two of the biggest ones, I was catching some giant spots in practice out of the timber on Ufala, and those were mostly spots and not largemouth, that didn't pan out in the tournament, so like, if you have a place that has both, like, I've been to Gunnersville a little bit recently. That's got some, like we caught some four pounders over there and you could kind of tell like if they were a little deeper, a little more suspended, typically they were spots, but I mean, we caught them on the same stuff we caught the largemouth on. So like, I feel like most of the places where they're mixed in, it's just, you just kind of catch them with okay. the largemouth and stuff, but that's been my experience anyway. Uh, rapid fire. Cause you gotta, you got, you're taking someone to go catch a giant spot no, we're, on, we're on Lanier. You going to Lanier? Yeah. Mm. God, I would be jacked out of my gourd if I had to go to Lanier right now with you to go spot a bass fishing. Uh, deepest that you've ever caught a spot? Uh, Kiwi, almost 80 foot on the bottom. Is there a, who someone asked this? Uh, it was a timing question. It was a good question. Who was it? The question was, is there a way to time, to time Herring Lakes? Or is it kind of like, oh, I happen to be there when they're going off on them. Time it in the sense of timing like that day knowing when, yeah, timing when, that day. Like, like when you're at, you know, like let's say you're chasing 
fish that are chasing herring is there a way to time your day where you know like hey i need to be here at this time or this time or yeah. this time for those fish that are uh, that are chasing herring or is it kind of dumb luck mm -hmm. as far as running enough spots till you find where they're blasting them no 100 percent. so like i'll use the all-american for an example because that's the most work i've put into one of them and like i saw the whole deal throughout the tournament and how it changed but typically going into the first day of an event like i don't want to go into the first day and this will tie into timing, but I don't want to go into the first day knowing like the 20 best places or the 10 best places. Like I'm going to find like, I have like, I kind of have like a waypoint management system of places I think are like a plus places I think are like good. And then places that are like, could be good, you know, might catch one. And I try to run as much of it as I can. And then usually after you do that, you get a sense of like, what was good, what time of day that was good. And then by the second day, you dial it in a little more and you're like, all right, that place, they're only there in the morning. That place, they're there after, you know, 11 or whatever. Like mm -hmm. the All-American, there was some shallow places, like some more like drop oriented stuff that they were 100 percent only there before like 11, 12 o'clock. And they weren't on brush. So like a lot of times in the mornings, you'll find more like school related stuff and then it transitions to brush. I say that I have had some brush places that are just nuts right off the rip, but you kind of just got to learn that throughout the tournament. And then current too, Lanier, they never pull water typically on the weekends, but like if you have a tournament that starts on like a Wednesday or a Thursday, like an open, you can't feel it like you would on a TVA lake or something, but like you'll take a hump that's got some scattered brush or whatever. And you pull up there at three o'clock when they've been pumping water for a minute and you've seen it, like all 100 of them are sitting up top and you throw a chrome tennis shoe at them and they all come up and destroy it. And then you pull up there when they're not pulling water and there's four over here and 10 over here and they don't really commit. So it's like if you can time your best stuff with the best time of day and the current, then, you know, you maximize your chance of catching a big one at every place. So you definitely can. All right. Three more questions. Uh, Clint, our boy Clint Bartlett. Uh, I think he tangles with spots every now and then. He goes, uh, he wants to know if, what color crankbait uh, you're red. going with. When it's cold, I just pretty much just throw red. Like, I just did a video on the Dime 10, and I didn't have any dimes in red yet, so I caught them on, like, a clear, like, shad color. But if I got to pick after, you know, from, like, I pretty much throw a crankbait from, like, November to March, and it's almost always red. Uh, Clay wants to know if there's a difference between the Alabama spotted bass and then a traditional. Yeah, Kentucky. for sure. So when I've been to like, like I said, Eufaula and like Gunnersville, places like that, they seem to always be related to structure. Table Rock. Table Rock was different. I'll say okay. that. And but like in terms of like TVA stuff, Eufaula is not TVA, but like they're 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 always set up on something. And like Lanier, Hartwell, Herring Lakes, they're still usually set up on something, but. A lot of times you'll have fish just roaming way off the end of a point or a deep spot or something like that, whereas you don't really see that on those kind of lakes. Table Rock, you did, and that's, I guess, not really a herring lake. I don't know if there's one of those weird other strains of herring in there, but there there was some out there in the freaking main channel you could catch. That's not where I ended up catching any, but there they, they act pretty similar to here, like deep points, like roaming out there on bait, like little rock piles and stuff, so... Uh, two more questions. Pete would like to know, would you rather fish for spots on a sunny day or a cloudy day? 
cloudy, 100%. I feel like most people have this. I don't know why. It's like over time, like I feel like all the media coverage on Spotted Bass, like people think it's better when it's sunny. Still catch the crap out of them when it's sunny. Like it can be insane, especially summer topwater fishing. But clouds and wind, by far my favorite. If you were to, and then last question is uh, my question. If you were to pick your top three, 12 months out of the year, you can only have three uh, spotted bass baits. You're going to one of those five lakes that you mentioned Lanier, Hartwell Lake, X, Jokasi, Kiwi. Yep. You know, what are three baits that you're always going to have tied on on the front deck for spots? So it's got to, you got to pick three for the whole year. Yeah. Just, it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. A shaky head for sure. Number okay. one. Uh, uh, ball head swim bait. Like I said, a 2.8, 3.3 inch okay. swim bait on like a quarter ounce head and flu. Uh, it'd be a, it'd be a toss up between a fluke and like a pencil popper, but one of those two. I bet we could do a whole show on how you fish your fluke. Yeah. Are you one of those trick? Are you a tricky guy? Like, are you one of those guys who gets into all the JDM stuff where, you know, the risers big out there and all the weird. Yeah. Like stuff that, that and... little, I've got some tackle. Up oh, there. the like, credge of... now. Yeah. Yeah. The credge is sweet. It's, it's actually legit for suspended spots, but I've got, dude, I'm this last year. I bought a bunch of like JDM stuff and like, I have figured out it's the problem with that is you buy like 20 things and like one of them ends up being legit. So it's like, you spend a bunch of money at least for me, but, uh, I tinker a lot with like how I rig stuff and like adding stuff to baits and like how to work specific baits I already really like, but not, I haven't gone crazy into the wormhole or anything, but you do a lot of like waiting lead strips stuff on the shank of the hook, all that. Cause I know that's big out there. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can wait them to keep them down. Like in terms of like, if they don't want to commit, like when you pull it, it's a foot or two further under the surface and stuff, but I don't know. There's, there's some other stuff that uh, well, be, I'd never talk about. Hey, life. that's fair enough. You earned it. You figure it out. You don't got to give it up. All right. Yeah. Let's pick a winner for the Aftco deck boots. We have, uh, I got, uh, 17 questions starred in here. Did any, uh, question particularly stick out in your mind? Um, dude, I haven't even been able to see a chat. I'm on my phone. Oh, that's fine. Uh, I starred the question from Tyler Beal about consistency with the pelagic fish chasing the blueback herring on Lanier Hartwell, etc. I thought that was a really good question. Oh, you, my bad. You said which one was the best question? Yeah. Was there yeah, one that, that stuck out to I, no, that I, one? I agree with you on that one. When you okay, that, that one, is like, Tyler Beal. Tyler Beal, you have won a pair of the new Aftco deck boots. Send me an email, Matt at basszone.com and i know that you will get them soon because i don't have to mail them out so i just passed that on to bat floor tito and then afco oh. sends them to you so those are headed to you in time for uh the cold water season congrats thanks for all of the uh thanks for all the questions those were those are really good questions so all right anything else you want to get in here before i let you go like i said i know you have a client uh you got a half what is it a half day or are you still doing a full yeah, day trip we're today? just we're just doing four hours so it'll be it gets dark here about 5 30 so we'll go from like noon to four or something like that but anything yeah. else you want to get in here oh man just uh if y'all are watching i'd really appreciate it if you follow followed that afco series like obviously i'm going to be putting a bunch of work into it and i'm super thankful for it but uh no, I mean, we'll have that up. I'm, I'm trying to get a lot better content-wise. Like, I've, I've been focusing on that the last couple months. So, if y'all want to check any of that out, you know, it's just Emil Wagner fishing on everything. But, uh, 
No, other than that, I appreciate you having me on, Matt. Maybe we can do like a halfway through the season show or something. And yeah, I was thinking after every three, that would be uh, that would be three times. So that would be yeah. after uh, Santee Cooper, after St. Clair, and then uh, after you win on Hartwell. Ah, shoot. I don't know. We'll see. It'll <laughs> it'll be fun. But yeah, I'm down, dude. I'm always down. I like talking fishing, so we'll do it. All right. Thanks. Much appreciated. Congratulations on uh, being the AFCO Bass Boot Camp representative in 2024 and uh, good luck in the All-American or the uh, Red Crest. Thank if you. I don't talk to you before that, make it. sure you got it. Make sure you have a good outfit for the Thunderbolt Bowl. Yeah, we'll do. Thanks. Matt. All right. See ya. All right. That is Emil Wagner. Uh, it said if you follow bass fishing for the last couple of years, he falls right in line with this list of uh, tech savvy young guns who put their time on the water, who have one sole focus, and that is to be the best that they can on the water. Uh, he mentioned casually 300 days a year. I do this once or twice a year. I just, I like the dubbers, but you hear 300 days a year and it just rolls off of your tongue. And I don't think you realize how many days a year that is. So let's say you fish every other weekend, every other weekend, Saturday and Sunday. That's a lot. Let's say Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That's every other weekend. That is uh, six days a month that you're fishing every other weekend. Let's say you do that 12 months out of the year and don't miss any weekends. That's It's not that many days a year. I believe it's 72, but I want to make sure that I'm right. Six times 12. 72. 72 days a year. That's three day weekends every other week. He's talking about 300 days a year on the water. When you talk about inclement weather, when you talk about holidays, when you talk about travel, that's one of the reasons why the guy's winning so much and is doing so good. A lot of time on the water. All right, we're going to take our final break of the show. When we come back, talk about what we have going on for the rest of the week. BTL on a Wednesday, AFCO edition. We'll be back right after this. Having confidence in your tackle while on the water is one of the main things to success in my opinion. In the last couple of years with Denali, I've had just that. From anything from spinning rods, casting rods, tungsten products, even now to casting and spinning reels, I have the confidence to go out there and get the job done and know that all my equipment is gonna handle it and do it just the way I want it. The thing about Denali is you've got great quality products at a great price point, so make sure you check them out. Shoreline Boat and RV, dock rash, storm damage, collision repair, that deep scratch or gouge from trying to access that secret creek. Shoreline Boat and RV can get your prize possession back in mint condition and looking good on the water, fast. All repairs are done in-house, so they're able to get your boat or RV back to brand new, quickly. All Shoreline's work comes with a rock-solid warranty. Find out more at ShorelineBoatandRV.com, Kansas City, Austin, and Tulsa. I'm the kind of guy that never leaves a house without a pocket knife, and Gamagatsu's come out with the EDC series of knives. EDC stands for everyday carry, so whether you're on the water or off, you can always have it with you. The best thing about it to me is that assisted open feature. With this D2 blade, you've got it right here at your fingertips, so if you can't find your scissors, you need to cut a knot, you need to cut your braid, you've always got it. Make sure you check it out. Never leave home without your Gamagatsu EDC knife. 
born in Japan. Using technology, innovation, and precision, Sunline produces the widest selection of fishing lines at the most technologically advanced line factory in the world. Manufactured at the strictest tolerances to produce victories at the highest levels of tournament bass fishing. From household names like Christie, Swindle, and Cruz, to young guns like Cook, Logan, New, and Welcher, they all trust Sunline to take them to the top of the leaderboard. Choose the line that will give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. Sunline. All right. BTL on a Wednesday. If you guys are getting ready for the season, head over to OmniaFishing.com. I saw uh, Polish Pete talking about they got man, good deals on terminal tackle. A lot of discounts on terminal tackle. Uh, Uncle Frank just did a show on building a perfect terminal tackle box. So OmniaFishing.com. Sign up for the Omnia Fishing Premium Pro. Get all the advantages of the app, personalized shopper, uh, either same or next day shipping, free shipping. There's all sorts of benefits over there at Omni. If you haven't checked them out, they got it going on. Uh, I did fail to get from Emil if you wanted to book a trip with him to catch giant spotted bass. The website, which appears to be updated and functional, is Emil Wagner, E-M-I-L-W-A-G-N-E-R, fishing. So you have it pulled up right there. It's just him holding giant spotted bass in every picture. Uh, tomorrow, day four, Frank Scalish live. And then I am headed to Okeechobee to compete in the first Bassmaster Open EQ. Maybe I'll see a meal down there. Uh, day five, uh, or, or just guide day. It's not day five anymore. I got to rebrand that. Uh, guide day, Julius Maisie. Uh, from the hookup tackle uh, and guide service talking about a little desert guiding on Lake Pleasant out in Arizona. And then next week I have some recorded shows uh, during the open that I'll be trying to catch 15 to 20 pounds of Florida bass. Russ Lane returns to BTL. He will be down there for the open too. Now, listen, I was planning on talking to Russ, you know, about the opens and getting your head right and going back and trying to requalify for the elite series and the classic. It turned into like story time with Russ. He's sitting on his fireplace, like a FDR fireside chat from back in the day for all the history buffs out there. And really, really enjoyable discussion that I had with Russ Lane. Then on Tuesday, a true Bassmaster Open EQ for the 2024 season, Clark Ream. Uh, and I sit down for an hour and a half. We break down every single fishery, the time of the year, the obstacles that we're going to face, the winning weight that we think it'll take, and who we expect to be at the top when it's all said and done. Now, listen, if you've been watching BTL over the last couple of days, you've noticed I've had a, a bandaged finger, and I did have a uh, a workplace injury, so to speak. And I'm a little nervous to glue it, so here's here's what happened, and I'll, I'll, I'll show it's all the way down to the bone, but it's been four days now. And this is the first time I can take off the bandage without it bleeding. So I was preparing some tackle boxes and like the divider. So you pull the dividers out and then you've got the little tab on the end. And sometimes like with the pair of scissors that I had, I couldn't get it completely flush. And I was working on a bunch of, uh, a bunch of tackle for the open. I wanted everything to be nice. So in my, brilliant train of thought i went into the kitchen i've got a butcher block there and i pull out the biggest butcher knife razor sharp in the butcher block and i go back into the living room and i'm holding those little 
plastic strings of dividers and I'm just taking it and going shoom, shoom, and, you know, cleaning, you know, cutting the clean so I can put it in. <clears throat> and I literally just like extended my index finger while I was holding it. And it only stopped when it hit the bone. So I think I got it. The only problem is when I hold like a reel like this, it's like literally right where it is. So the first fish that I catch on braid in Florida is going to be like right in that cut. So that's good times. Uh, but yeah, I think that's all we got for today. Check out the AFCO stuff. It's, it's all, uh, they, they constantly update it. So when you go to AFCO.com, if you want to know what they have new, Here's what I do. I always go, there's the AFCO and then you go to men's and then you can go down to new arrivals. Uh, and that is where you can see a lot of the new stuff that comes in and it's all, it's all fairly seasonable. I know there was a question about the hat that I currently have on Florentino hooked me up with this, but I have seen it for sale. I don't know. I'll have to ask him about that. I'm scrolling through all of their hats and I'm seeing if they have it, I do not. I know that they change. Oh, here it is right here. Uh, this hat that I currently have on, the Boss Trucker hat. Oh, it comes in blue, too. I didn't know that. I might have to order that, but there it is. That's the one that I, I'm currently wearing right now for 29 bucks. And the other cool thing, you know, I'm a big Richardson 112 guy. These are uh, These fit very similarly. To a Richardson, obviously they're not a uh, Richardson or an AFCO, but sit ver fit very similar to a Richardson 112, a little bit shallower. So you don't end up uh, like one out of every four Richardsons will give you the bad ears where the ears will stick out a little bit. For some reason, it's just like a quarter of an inch uh, deeper. But all right, big shout out to Emil. Thank you for jumping on. And also a big shout out to Matt Florentino for getting up early in the morning on the West Coast to talk about AFCO. AFCO doing a lot of great things, uh, not only with the Bass Boot Camp, but what they do with their 10% pledge, what they do with the AFCO uh, live release boats, uh, what they do with the AFCO bank bags, their support of the professional fishing industry on the freshwater side. And then also they do a lot of work on the saltwater side for uh, water and anglers rights, all sorts of stuff. So, all right, that's all we got for today. Tomorrow, 8.30 am uncle frank i know he's got a topic but i can't remember what he's going to talk about tomorrow guess you have to tune in at 8 30 to find that out all right we'll see everybody tomorrow later